0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Pellett. I'm an editor here at HowStuffWorks. And sitting next to me, as always, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Can you picture that? <laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so uh, today we were going to talk about uh, digital cameras and specifically megapixels. Right.
1: And uh, here's something. This is probably the, we should call this like the podcast they don't want you to listen to. They being, you know, the digital camera manufacturers and and shops, because. Megapixels, that's one of those things that, that a lot of manufacturers use to kind of differentiate their product from other other uh, competitors. They're like, you know, this camera has 10 megapixels or you'll see that in, in a lot of smartphones or cell phones even now where you'll say like this cell phone has three megapixels and there's a lot of confusion. Like what does that mean? Uh, are the higher numbers automatically better um Is there a point where the numbers don't really matter anymore so we're kind of gonna talk about that and sort of uh straighten some things out
0: yeah and 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 to be honest um uh, they probably wouldn't even care if you did know the truth they just uh you know it's a number that gets uh, that people attach uh, themselves too, because they can, they can, can sort of compare it to other machines. I mean, it's sort of like, uh, uh, megahertz, the megahertz myth, as they used to call it for, uh, computer chips. Right. Because you'd say, oh, well, it's faster. That means it's better. Well, you know, megapixels is the same way. Just because there are more megapixels in a camera's, uh, ability to shoot. Um, yeah, it doesn't necessarily make it a better camera. It just right. means it can capture an image of more area.
1: Right. It doesn't mean that the pictures themselves will come out any clearer or sharper. Um, it's not just, for that alone, anyway. Right, right. I mean, the megapixels do play a part in that, but here's the thing a lot of people have chosen the megapixel number as the way to define a digital camera. Sure. Right. It's, it's like because it's easy. Yeah. It's like that's an easy number you look at and you're like, oh, well, This is a 5-megapixel camera. This is a 7-megapixel camera. Therefore, the 7 one is better. That's not necessarily the case. It may turn out that you could use both of those cameras in similar lighting conditions to take a photo, and the 5-megapixel camera may end up giving you a better picture because – it's not all about megapixels. It's a lot about the lens of the camera, the sensor in the camera, uh the the software in the camera. All of these things play a major factor in how a picture looks once you've taken the photo. So just because a a camera has the capacity to take more uh, or to cram more pixels into a picture doesn't mean that that picture is going to be better necessarily. That's true. Um there was a uh...
0: Semi-famous experiment that, uh, David Pogue did from the New York Times. Right. Um, yes. He, uh, he was on a Discovery Channel show called It's All Geek to Me. And, uh, basically they took three pictures, one that had been taken with a 13 megapixel camera, another with an 8, and another with a 5, uh, basically made all three pictures 16 by 24, and, um, Only one person that they showed, you know, they went out in in public and only one person that they showed could accurately figure out which one was which.
1: And that might have even been a guess. Yes. But I I should point out, um, there's one minor correction I need to make here. Okay. He did not use three different cameras. Uh huh. He used one camera and then used Adobe Photoshop to pull out mega, er, to pull out pixels to give you the equivalent of a 13 megapixel versus a 7 versus a 5. And his logic was that it doesn't really matter if you're taking pixels away or if you're using three different cameras that capture three different, uh, uh, amounts of megapixels. Um, it doesn't, that, that's immaterial because you end up with the same thing. It's the number of pixels in the image. Other people were saying, no, 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 uh, because you're using Adobe and you're artificially removing these pixels, that's what's affecting the image. But his point was that it doesn't affect the image. You could, you know, they all looked, pretty much identical to one another. And as Chris pointed out, only one person noticed any difference at all. And even that might have been a guess. But here's here's why he did not pick three different cameras. Uh There was actually a good reason for it. And that's the reason I was mentioning before, that things like the camera's lens and sensors can make a huge difference in what how a picture looks when it comes out. And there's no way of guaranteeing that three different cameras are going to give you – the same sort of image just because you know they're using different lenses, they have different sensors, they have different software. So after hearing this objection, what happened was uh, he actually got a photographer, a professional photographer, wrote mm-hmm. in and said, hey, I've got a way that might fix this problem where, where we can test this without you having to take megapixels out or any pixels out. I shouldn't use the word megapixels, um, any pixels out. So what he did was he brought a, a camera, I think it was a 16.7 megapixel professional camera. Right. And then took the same picture three times from three different distances because the idea being that uh you know you, essentially you you crop out everything that's unnecessary in the larger picture and zoom in and you get the same effect as you would if you had uh you know, a a picture using fewer pixels for that same general area. So it's kind of you know, cutting away all the stuff you don't need in order to look at the stuff that you can compare, you know, apples to apples. And once again, no one could really tell the difference. I think three people out of 50, uh, were able to correctly identify the three different images, but that means 47 people couldn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, it, that's true. A lot of people did object to the methodology, uh, that, that David Pogue used. And, um, <clears throat> George Ooh from ZDNet, actually wrote a, a pretty substantive uh, blog post in which he basically went through all the things that that uh, you know David Polk hadn't really taken into account including da- down sampling right um, you know things like optical resolution test which would give you a, a better uh, idea of the actual camera resolution um, basically said you can't just look you know take a picture of a random thing and compare it to another picture of the same thing and say that's got better res- resolution you need to actually use um a card an optical resolution card and and you know examine how the camera can can use that um they use jpegs uh which is a lossy compression format right uh, it loses information when you save it rather than that um U said that he should have used um tiff or the raw camera right. sure, format sure. um you know and basically anything uh, motion wise um yeah i should have seen the flaw in my argument about the three different cameras any motion at all um you know would affect the picture uh because it would show the limitations of the lens and the uh the shutter speed right so i mean there were a lot of things that uh you know in the in the uh the process of putting together the three images um you know could have been done differently to show the difference in the
1: the three different resolutions sure sure or I should say areas, because megapixels are actually area. Yeah, we should probably uh, go into that a little bit. So yeah. you think, all right, I've got a three-megapixel camera. What does that mean? Okay, so images, uh, digital images are made up of pixels. That's picture elements. It's little dots of light. And uh, the way you figure out the megapixels is you multiply the number of pixels that go horizontally across an image and the number of pixels that go vertically uh, across the image, you multiply those two numbers together and the amount you get kind of gives you the idea of a um, uh, how many megapixels that camera has. So for an example, let's say you've got uh, 2,048 pixels horizontally uh, and you've got uh, 1,536 pixels vertically. You right. multiply those two together, you get a little over 3 million pixels. That's a 3 megapixel camera. Right. So if you're talking about a 10 megapixel camera, you have far more pixels, uh, horizontally and vertically. Actually, not far more, but more. Um, when you, when you start looking at it that way with the area, the increase is really not that significant. It, it sounds like it is, but when you think of how many are going horizontally versus vertically, it really isn't that significant. The only time it really comes into play is when you're printing out enormous pictures, mm-hmm. you know, um, if you're using anything like a four megapixel camera or uh, you know, around that area, like a, a six by eight photo should be fine. Um, it's only when you start to say, hey, I want to cover this wall in a digital photo <laughs> that you have to start thinking, all right, I need enough. I need a. I need to have a camera with enough megapixels so that it's not going to look blocky when I print it out. But most of us, you know, for most of us, I don't think that's an issue. I mean,
0: I mean, if you're going to shoot a three by five or a four by six or even you know eight and a half by eleven sized image, yeah. you know that's
1: not like a five megapixel camera is good for pretty much anything up to poster size, really. Uh, and and very few of us, at least on the amateur side of photography, are going to print anything larger than that. Yeah, Um it's really when you're getting into the semi professional or professional where you'd have to worry about something where you need more uh, pixels in your in your digital image. So. The question then is, what's the most important thing for you to look for in a camera if it's not megapixels? Right. This is tricky. Yeah. Here, this is, a, this is not an easy question to answer. There's no easy answer, unfortunately. It's not like we can tell you, oh, well, look for this lens or look for this particular kind of sensor. Um, it really depends on how the manufacturer put the cameras together. And you may very well come up with a 5-megapixel camera. And compare it against a 12 megapixel camera and see that your pictures in the 5 one are, are far better. Uh, but a lot, a lot of that depends on your skill as a photographer, the lighting, the composition of the shot, um, it, whether or not your, your subject is moving, uh, you know, and, and the software that the, the camera's running on. I mean, all of that stuff plays a factor. So the best thing to do is probably test as many cameras as you possibly can before making a purchase. It would also probably
0: help if you read, uh, professional reviews. Yeah. Um, you know, people who do photography all the time are, you know, certainly going to be more knowledgeable since they, you know, that's what they do. Um, so they're going to have the experience that will help you, you know, figure this out. And there are many professional photography mag- uh, magazines out there that, uh, that can help. And I'm sure that, um, you know, it would probably be in your interest to uh, visit a professional camera store. You know, they, uh, they'd be happy to sell you a five megapixel camera, just as happy as they would be to, you know, unload a 16.7 megapixel camera. I didn't even know they made those.
1: Uh, Well, that's for professionals. Yeah. Yeah. No, you got to, I'm not one. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can, you can find them. I mean, they're really expensive because really it's for the professional who can afford to to purchase it because it's part of a business, but, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, I have I have a 10 megapixel camera yeah. and uh, I got it because it was on sale, and it it takes great pictures. But you know what? I also have an older 4 megapixel camera that also takes great pictures. It's not as uh, sleek. It doesn't have all the features that my other camera has, so uh, I don't use it very often. But right. it it the fact remains that for my purposes, I could have stuck with the old camera if I'd really wanted to. It's just that it's bulkier. Uh, and it doesn't have some of the neat features like some of the, uh, the nice like nighttime shoot, uh, features, things like that. Um, you should also remember that if you have, uh, a camera that has a lot of, like, it's on the high megapixel side, some people have found that shooting in low lighting, uh, tends to, you tend to get these little light specs. Mm-hmm. Um, That sometimes pop up. Uh, That's not with every brand of camera, but it can happen. So again, don't just uh, rush out and buy like uh, the newest camera because they've talked about how many megapixels it has. Really look into the other factors. Uh, You know, cost is definitely something you should look at. Uh, Reliability, battery life. I mean, all of these things are important as well as, of course, the quality of the pictures.
0: Sure. And, um, you know, and image sensor, uh, quality of the lens, you know, these are things that, that you really should take a look at. And it's, you know, unfortunately, it's not going to be something you can figure out in five minutes,
1: probably. No. It, is, it might take a little research. And, and if it's going to be something that you're going to invest a couple hundred dollars in or more. Or more. Especially. Uh, then you should, you know, you should really take the time to, to look into it anyway.
0: Yeah. Um. Besides, you don't really need all those extra megapixels anyway. I mean, you know, Mike Elgin from Computer World was saying that if you're taking, Pictures with, you know, tons and tons of information as, you know, these double digit megapixel cameras have, then you got to find a place to store all these things and they slow down your camera. So,
1: right. you know, I, I can think of, yeah, exactly. It and can, and it can reasons slow down something. your camera. It's slow, definitely, and the transfer is really slow. Oh, like yeah. if you've got a lot of, of, uh, pictures that you've taken with a, a 10 megapixel camera. And you've taken them on the highest setting. It takes a while to pull those off – to rip those off of a, a smart card. Yep. But um, I can think of one other instance where you might want a camera that has a lot of megapixels. Okay. Let's say that you're taking a uh, picture of a big group of people mm-hmm. and you're looking at the picture later and you're like, wow, that chick is cute. I really want to have a full-size picture of that chick. But you know what? I don't want a restraining order. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to crop everyone else out, and I'm going to expand this picture so that she takes up a full frame. Then you might need a lot of megapixels so that when you do crop everyone out and expand that section, there's enough resolution there so that you can still tell that that's a human being.
0: I'm going to avoid asking you whether you know this from experience.
1: I will neither confirm (laughs) nor deny that. Okay, then. Right. Annigan, call me. <laughs> so,
0: um, <laughs> all right. Well, I, I, that's got it for my. Notes. Oh, does it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. excellent. Well, then us. you know
1: what? I, I think uh, I think I've pretty much covered it too. So, um, you know, that brings us around to. Well, you know what time no. it is, right? Oh, yes. Not that it's listener mail.
0: Seriously, I need to bring earplugs for that. Yeah,
1: I know. Okay, so today's listener mail comes from Michelle Bell. Michelle, Uh, <clears throat> so. See, Michelle, you're says, not winning points with Allison. I know, I'm sorry. Michelle says, I can't remember if this should go to How Stuff Works or Tech Stuff Podcast, so I'll send it to the generic address. It got to us, so congrats. <laughs> I think it was Chris and Jonathan who were talking about fun 3D technology and how it works. A comment was made that the Color Spectrum 3D glasses and technology wasn't something that really took off because of the massive headaches and eye strain that were fairly common. And someone had wondered about the polarization 3D glasses and tech and if it worked any better. I just finished watching Coraline. Awesome movie, even if you haven't read the book. And yes, it's a good movie for grownups too. And my husband and I were in a showing that was showing with polarized 3D. It was amazing. And I used the glasses through the whole movie. I'm happy to report no headaches or eye strain. And it was very much worth the experience. Thank you, Michelle. Um, I actually also saw Coraline in 3D and I, with the polarized glasses, I can also report no headaches. My wife's saying, uh, it was a great experience. Uh, I think we're in for a a nice long future of 3D films. It may not be, it may not dominate the industry, but I I think, uh, I think it's more than a novelty. We'll Mm -hmm. see. Well, it's good that it didn't leave you flat. Right. It was a deep, deep film. So, if any of you have any comments, questions, suggestions, corrections, anything like that, you can write to us at techstuff at com. And we have a brand new thing we can talk to you about. We have blogs. Hey. Yeah, you can find them at blogs.howstuffworks.com. And, uh, that's blogs from several different writers and editors here at How Stuff Works. So it's not just tech, it's science, it's Uh, history. It's all sorts of things. So go check it out. And we will talk to you again really soon.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?